Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Clutch Talk podcast slash YouTube slash We Do It All. As always, I'm your host, John. Very happy to be here. My boy, Jay, his over there in the six. I know you're feeling good today because today is not just a regular day, Jay. Today is not just Sunday, January 9th. Today's a special day, Jay. So talk to me. How are you doing? It's clay day. It's clay day, brother. It's clay day. Hey, no, first of all, Jay, good to see you back. To, gl- glad to be back. But yeah, no, it's a, it's a big day just for me in terms of sports in general. Got my Raiders must win game against the Chargers coming up here this afternoon. Uh, we'll find out the results, I guess, when you're listening to this now. But um, but yeah, no, Clay Thompson, that guy is back. Jay, the splash brother has returned. Um, nearly two years and some change. Uh, he's finally back tonight against the Cavs. Man, I- I'm so excited to see him back there on the floor just because we- we've seen the work that he's been putting in to, to get to this point. So, man, I, I-, I just I can't wait. I, I-, I, got- I still got to believe it uh, when I see it, though, because it's been so long. It's going to be like seeing like a ghost out there, bro. But I'm, I'm happy for the dude. Happy man. For I mean, I mean, just just before getting on, Jay, we were we were on the phone. We were saying, like, if we're feeling like this, like imagine what Clay Thompson's feeling like, you know what I'm saying? Waking yeah. up in this, waking up in his house, waking up in his room, like, man, today's the day. Like after 900 yeah. and like 30 some days, I'm hooping today. Like, that's crazy, right. man. So shoot, man. So but I mean, by the time you guys are hearing this, you got the game would have already been over. So go check out that game. Let us know. Let us know how uh, how he performed. But Right now, it's still it's still early in the morning. The game hasn't started, but all right, Jay. Right. So then, so then, so we we got a we got a, a jam packed episode to get into, Jay. We got the up or down report. Um, we got we got the next five years. We got some games to talk about, and we got some other segments to get into. So you ready to talk about some hoop? Absolutely, as always. Let's do it, Jay. So let's start with the up or down report, like how we always do. And um, let's start. Let's let's start with this statement, Jay. So we're seeing the Grizzlies right now on a seven game winning streak. Are you up or down on them being able to extend that seven game winning streak to a 10 game winning streak? Only three more games. I know they got the Lakers tonight on the road. Uh, I think that's going to be tough. I know Dylan Brooks just went out last night against the against the Clippers. That's a huge loss for them. As well as Desmond Bain's been playing, you know, he's putting together an MIP type of season. Although people would say, you know, you're you're supposed to make that improvement in your second year. So I know voters are going to be hesitant on that front. But no, no question. Grizzlies are playing great. I know we were talking about uh, Tyus Jones, too, um, being a great backup. I mean, I think they're 11 and two now without jaw. So whenever he's out, they're still playing. Uh, good or even better but obviously we've talked about this before they're not a better team without Ja. but I think just with all those injuries and stuff going going out um, guys being out especially Dylan Brooks who's like their defensive catalyst their stopper um, the kind of the heart and soul if you want to call it of that team I think it's me tough and I think I could see it ending tonight against the Lakers especially the way that they've been playing uh, as of late kind of getting other guys that small LeBron center lineups guys are starting to pick up the performance. We know he's been putting in the work all season all season um, to this point. So I see it ending tonight against the Lakers. So I think I'm down on that. 
Okay. Okay. And you know, Jay, as you were talking, one thing that kind of like came to my mind, and it's probably such a good feeling for Taylor Jenkins. Can you imagine like having your best player out and not really having to worry, you know, having a solidified solid point guard there, like you just said, they're 11 and two without their best player on the team. Mm-hmm. That's gotta be a great feeling as a coach, man. I just kind of want to yeah. throw that out there. Oh yeah. And also Taylor Jenkins is in health and safety protocols. That actually Ooh. adds another factor and another barrier for why like obviously the coach the players play the coach's coach but still having your head the general absolutely out, out that's a that's a big loss and i think they're going to feel it tonight and they won't be able to extend that to eight so absolutely another right. another added thing i think i add on that i'm right I'm, I'm i'm right there with you jay i'm down on that man so then so let's keep it pushing jay so uh after this after this week of this uh, J- january 9th uh, Curry fell to the fifth spot in the Kia MVP ladder. Uh, right now, this week he had an eleven. Uh, he, this week he had eleven points, nineteen percent from the field, eleven uh, percent from three. Definitely a down week. We we talked about it on the last pod. He's he's gonna he's gonna get up. He's gonna he's gonna get out from it. I think it's more of that anticipation for Clay Thompson to come back. So many things are just in the waiting piece, waiting saga. Mm-hmm. That maybe you know he got uh lost a little bit of focus but jay are you up or down on curry being curry finishing in the top three because right now Giannis, kd and Jokic are putting on a very very impressive performance Giannis took first place right now Giannis is sitting in first kd sitting in second and Jokic is sitting in third so are you confident uh and are you are you up or down on the fact that curry will finish in the top three or he will not finish in top three I'm up on it. I think we've seen if history history is bound to repeat itself, he's going to come out of this slump. And I think, honestly, it's going to happen tonight. I think he's feeling that he needed an adrenaline shot. He needed, you know, a wake up call. He needed a game off. He got that against New Orleans. He's now had two, three nights off to get his head together, to get his rhythm back. He's got his brother, his fellow Sprash brother coming back. Um, and, and I think it's just it's all the the things coming together, like we had mentioned. I think. It's only bound to change at some point. He's bound to break out. And when he does, it's going to be it's going to be like big boom. Like he's ready. He's back um, two time. I, I believe in the dude. And I think when, when he comes back, it's going to be nuclear. Um, and, and I think tonight is the night that he kind of breaks out of his slump and starts seeing the basketball that we've seen that we've expected him for 13 years. And no reason for me to believe. He's not going to continue, start getting his shit together and then be back in the top three at some point. Not ready to say he's going to win it um, because, like you said, those other guys are putting together great seasons. Uh, KD's, in my opinion, top right now ahead of Jokic and and, and Embiid. But the same case could be if anyone made that argument that they should be first, I could see why, too. So. He should fit for a reason, but I see him getting the top three to answer your question. I'm up on that at, at, the, at the end of the season. Yeah, I'm 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 right there with you, Jad. Now, I know right now he had a little bit of, of of a slumpish of a week, but by the end of the season, when the season ends, I'm definitely up on him being in the top three. Only because uh, Jokic, it, he's having a great season, but I feel like you can you have to take the team's record into account. And when you look, and the and the Nuggets are doing great with what they they've been handed with with the cards that they've been dealt. But I think that when you look at uh, at the end of the season, when when all when all sits and you're looking at the standings, and the Warriors are at the top two or three uh, i mean at, at the top two or three seeds in the in the west with 
potentially the top two or three record in the league and Curry ha- having that kind of playing style uh, and that type of dominance and a type of influence on the game. I think that he will definitely be sitting at that top, uh, that top three. So, all right, Jay, let's keep it pushing. Since we're on, we're on the Warriors guy, we got to talk about the clay Dave return. Are you up or down on clay Thompson scoring more than 20 points today, Jay? Ooh. On his return. On his return. Shoot, I'm up on it, man. Uh, I think okay. I think it I, I think it'll be just around 20 though. I don't think it's going to be a nuclear night from him. Um, there's obviously just going to be that rhythm, all that adrenaline. He might be. We might see a few bad misses early. Honestly, like there, there's a chance we see that because just natural energy, natural flow of being back from all that time. You know, even if he's hitting shots and practicing things, it's just different. It's just a different type of energy in games. That's why you have practice players, guys who are good in practice, guys are good in scrimmages, and then there's game time players. I'm not saying Clay is definitely the game time, game game day I know player what of all time. You know what I mean? But <laughs> I, I know what you're saying. Um, I think just on that night, uh, tonight, I think he's going to feel that energy and get it going. Um, even if he's probably playing probably only 18, 20, I think he's going to go 20. He's going to at least get hit 20 marks tonight. So oh, I'm up on okay. It. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you feel. I, I I I I'm gonna I'm gonna go the other way only because okay. uh I I don't know how much of a minutes restriction he'll be on and I don't know how much uh Kerr's gonna want to put that 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 weight on him. I mean, if he wanted to, I mean, we've seen him. He can go for sixty, yeah. fifty, whatever. But I don't think that the, that's what the Warriors need from him. They don't even want to put that kind of pressure on him. A couple episodes we even talked about the importance of having Andrew Wiggins because like you know if Clay Thompson gets out there and he's just like not feeling a hundred percent simply just take them out you don't need to rush anything you're the number one seed and put andrew wiggins in man so i i'm 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 the down i'm down on the on the 20 but i think it's more because that's not what the worries need from them they don't really want that they just want him to ease back into that game shape man but and i and i also think yeah and i also just to add to that one more thing like i also think they're going to be running a lot of plays for him when he's in so just to get him in rhythm and and they're going to be really like steph Draymond, those guys are really going to be looking to integrate him into the offense, get him some easy looks uh, to start. So that's why I'm up on it as well. But I could see the flip side of that as well. Absolutely. um, I could see the flip side of him scoring like 15, 18 at the same time. But just out of the fan (laughs) in me, I I want to see him 20. But realistically, I also do believe he will get you know right at that 20 mark so okay uh, all right all right all right it's it's gonna be i mean if he gets going Mm. early it ain't no telling because if he gets going early ain't like off those elevator screens and off off those down screens if he gets going early ain't no telling man so i i I hear you jay i'm right there with you all right all right brother so then so let's move to our next statement jay so the bulls have moved to the number one seed in the east are you up or down that they'll be able to finish there at the end of the season will they be there jay Oh Ooh, man, you know, the Bulls happy. are rolling. The Bulls are rolling. I know you're happy about that, <laughs> but I'm I'm gonna go with down on that. I just Oof. I I'm I'm just too. You, we know it. I kept, kept the Slim Reaper, man. <laughs> you know who he Easy is. Easy Money Sniper. You know who he is. I'm just I believe in them too much. They're they're gonna get it going. They're gonna get it rolling, even when they get all those three guys just playing at the level they can. Um, that they're they're just and and Joe Harris is bound to come back soon as well. So they're going to have some more weapons. Um, I think they're going to get it rolling and start playing some better basketball. But I think it's going to be like in and out. I think it'll be, you know, a little a little bit of musical chairs there at the top, too. Just as it is in the West, we've seen the Suns and Warriors um, flip flop in there. I think it's going to be a lot of that same 
down the stretch in the East between the Bulls and the Nets. But I'm going to go down on that for now um, and believe, put my faith more in the Nets to get that number one seed there in the East. Okay. Okay. I, 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 I like that. As I originally predicted. <laughs> as you originally predicted. Okay. Just throw it out there. Go check out the West and East prediction episodes. If you want to hear Jay's predictions, yeah. go, go, go check that out, man. But all right, Jay, all right. I, 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 I hear you, man. I'm right there with you. Uh, honestly, I'm going with a little bit more uh, uh, glass glasses half full rather than glasses half empty, man. I'm, I'm loving the bulls. I've been set out like in the, in the uh, Easter conference, uh, prediction episode i had the bulls sitting at the fourth seed not the number one seed so i'm not gonna lie to say that i definitely knew they'd be good not this good uh so i'm just I, i'm gonna i'm gonna keep riding high in the bulls like i have all season and go up man i think they'll be able to finish in that number one seed but uh mm-hmm. but jay one thing i want to add just real quick on the bulls uh you know uh all, all this talk is going on about christian wood and about getting them out of there hey i think christian wood has has a perfect spot on the bulls roster and the bulls slipped up letting demarcus cousins walk too just want to let him know that because he they could have had a big a defensive big but they let him go to the nuggets that's just a mistake in my opinion that's you think he's defensively you think he's defensively sound though like sound better than vooch better than vooch Better than Vooch. Yeah, I'll say he's better than Vooch, but I still have – if he switched out on a, on a perimeter, I'm, he's cooking. Yeah, he's still – yeah, he's still, but, definitely but still so taking him. Vooch, but yeah. so is Vooch. So. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, in my opinion, it was just like, let's, let's get like, let's get, let's get two, two bodies there. And just another big body is better than just having one man. But, but yeah. all right, Jay, well, I mean, the Bulls slipped up. I mean, maybe they could still get on Christian Wood, but who knows? All right, Jason, let's get into this last up or down statement. This one is good. I'm really excited to get your opinion on this one. This one has to do, a lot to do with your second team, Jay. So the 76ers, Right now, KJ, they are sitting in the fifth seed at 22 and 16. The Cavaliers, your second team, are at 22 and 17 in the sixth seed. So are you up or down that the the Sixers will be able to finish above the sixth seed? Now, let me just now let me list to you again. Fifth seed is 76ers, sixth seed is is uh um Cavaliers seventh seed is the Toronto Raptors so only one of those teams are going to be able to finish above that six that six seed so who do you got Jay that's tough that's tough Federico that's who I got I got the Toronto Raptors I got the Toronto Raptors slipping in at the six seed as I originally predicted on when we had Oko on way back in the Raptors preview but then for some reason I I took it all the way took them all the way back to the 13th seed which I now you know accept that I was wrong on that because they're playing better basketball um they found that small ball works they found that that style of play kind of unorthodox um style I think defensively they're so sound they're start we're starting to see what they can get uh do when they got the full roster healthy we've seen you know Scotty Barnes being a lot more than they asked for uh, with that fourth pick. And he's really showing his versatility. Pascal Siakam's understanding his role, shining in that. Uh, Gary Trent Jr. is playing great basketball as well. And then OG Ananobi, in my opinion, was on an all-star trajectory before his injury. Um, and then Federico Van Vliet, of course, the captain, um, the guy playing at an all-star level, should be an all-star. And I think that just that mold led by Nick Nurse as well. I think that is going to catapult them to the sixth seed. Um, they're, they're already on a five-game winning streak, and I think it's going to continue because they're, they're playing at a high level and playing with a lot of confidence right now. So I got them 
And I think talking about the other teams, I think that the Sixers have obviously been rolling up late, but I don't see how much better that they can get on this current hot streak, especially without Ben Simmons in, in the lineup, because I think they're a better team with him. And if they're not going to um, use him, I think Daryl Morey is definitely going to hold tight till the he's committed to that holding tight till the trade deadline. And if they don't make a move by then, I just really don't see the Sixers being able to get any better. I think they're just going to be stagnant and they're not going to be able to hold that six seed. I think the Raptors are better, you know, currently constructed with those rosters and Ben Simmons out. I think the Raptors have more options um, and I have more trust in them. And then I think the Ricky Rubio being out for the Cavs, I think that really hurts them. And uh, added that that was another threat and another playmaker they had alongside Darius Garland and as well when he was on the floor. So that's why I got the wraps in front of them. Yeah. That, I mean, they, they, that was that that was definitely a great uh, a great reason as to as to why you're taking the wraps. And to be real with you, Jay, I was I was realistically gonna go with the 76ers, and that's because more I'm on the back of Joel and B, but I really like that point you make of talking about they don't really have anywhere higher to go there. I mean, like, yes, they can keep going on this win streak, but how, how much are you going to depend on Joel Embiid to be there? Right. You know what I'm saying? Every right. game uh, through injuries. And if he's not there, you can call that win streak over. It's over, yeah. it's over, it's over for that win streak. Mm-hmm. I like Andre Drummond. I like Tobias Harris. I like Seth, mm-hmm. but they're not going to be able to get the job done. So, and mm-hmm. the Cavs realistically, unf- as unfortunate as it is, as much as I wanted to see them make the playoffs, I think that now um, put it, replacing Rondo with Ricky Rubio isn't necessarily going to be the same Ricky Rubio that you were getting. You were getting a career high Ricky Rubio. You were getting Ricky Mm -hmm. Rubio playing at, 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 uh, at the best of his career levels. And I think that, I think that, that hit's definitely going to hit him down. So I'm right there with you, Jay. I think the Raptors are going to be able to pull it out. They got, Mm -hmm. they, they got the full team. They got Fred Rico. So. Right. (laughs) Right. And, and to add just one more to that point, I think just the, Cavs are just missing something. I think they just got too many just even keel, just neutral guys in terms of just personality and bravado. They need kind of like a PJ Tucker, a dog guy. Um, And how they go about adding that, I don't know, but that's something they need to address. And then, like you said, Jay, Joel Embiid, out of those three teams, he the Sixers have the best player, but I think the Raptors overall, especially with, um, Ricky Rubio out now. They have the best team and the best coach of that bunch, in my opinion. So yeah, my, as I agree as well. And then I just think that they're also going to be the most consistent. You know, you can't mm-hmm. can't bet on Joel Embiid being there mm-hmm. too much, man. But all right, Jay. So yeah. so you want you want to keep it pushing to our next our next five year segment, Jay? Yes, sir. Next five right, let's, years. So let's do it, Jay. Next uh, yeah, next five ahead. years. So so look for this one, Jay. I want to I want to add a little twist to this one. So usually we just do just next five years, but this one, Jay, I want you to put your GM cap on, all right, Jay. Like okay. you sit in the office, you got your suit on, you know, you got your Rolex on. You 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 gotta make you gotta make some decisions between certain players that who you'd want on your franchise. And I want you to take everything into account their, um, their playing style, how you want to uh, uh, style your team uh, injury prone um, uh, everything. I want you to take all that into, into, into account when you make these decisions. Cause I got some players here, all young players, and I'm going to ask you this player or this player, and I want you to make your decision. All right, Jay. All right. Yes, sir. I like this. Right. I like this. All right, let's, get it. let's do it, Jay. Let's do it. So the first, players we have all right is Cade Cunningham or Evan Mobley in the next five years who are you taking 
I mean, it has to be Evan Mobley, right? I mean, I, we've just seen that big bag from him, uh, his versatility, what he can do offensively, and just the fact that a big, as you normally see in the league, you know, they start off development usually slower. And for him, been totally opposite. Like he's been coming for the Cavs, been an impact player right away. And I, I can only, we can only expect him to grow from this point. So in five years, I mean, if I'm a GM, I, I would love that to have a guy who's six ten, seven foot, whatever you want to say, with his wingspan, his ability to create off the dribble at his size, um, his patience, uh, his timing and everything, his coordination, that's only going to improve added with that strength in five years where he's going to be at. Man, I think scary. that's that's scary, really scary to think about. Um, we could see him potentially being, you know, I've always made the AD comparison, but I mean, there's times where I look at him and see Kevin Durant as well um, as potentially if he's able to extend his range, um, which naturally, I think that's a natural progression. You know, we've already seen the ability for him to knock down the mid-range pretty consistent, especially for a rookie, you know, 19, 18, 20, however he is, old as he is. Um, and that natural progression soon is going to come from him from the three-point line. And then you look at, at Cade, not to take anything away from Cade, I think he's going to be great and just as good at, in five years as well. But I'm going to go with Evan Mobley just in terms of the size, pure size, um, strength, ability, his versatility at his size. You just really can't teach that. And I think that's something for the Cavs have to build around. And as a GM, you've really got to build around. But who are you taking on? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. Jay. I mean, you, you, you know that hot take I have where I said in, in five years, don't be surprised if Evan Mobley is the league MVP, man, because he's got that kind of potential. So I'm, I'm, I'm definitely right there with you. And, and definitely not to take anything away from Cade because uh, I think he's also going to be a generational player. But I think just Evan Mobley is just one of those that, you know, he just don't pass mm -hmm. up on those, man. And then this is just a kind of, I guess, like a part B to that question. I'm, I'm thinking you're still going to go with Mobley, but just tell me if you would otherwise. Scotty Barnes, if I added him in there, would you rather go Scotty Barnes or you still rather go Mobley? Another great choice. That's why I love this draft class. All, all three of those choices, you couldn't go wrong, but I'm still going to go with Ed Mo, Evan Mobley over, over, over Scotty and Cade. Still a versatile big. Um, we've seen Scotty kind of fall off, not fall off, just, you know, kind of settle down and start playing, you know, the natural regression, I guess, in the first year. He's still a great player. Um, all three of those guys are great, but I'm still going with Evan Mobley. You throw him in. Yeah, I'm right, I'm I'm right there, Jay. But all right, Jay. So then, so then let's let's keep it pushing, Jay. All right, Jay. So then, what about two injury-prone players, but two players with massive potential, Zion Williamson or Michael Porter Jr.? That's a Man. tough one, Jay. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. Both risk, high risk. Both both risk. Man. In five years, is this so? I guess it's just with their current health. With like their current health, yeah. You with know. their current yeah. health, I I would just go with Zion purely because number one, he's produced like his dominance when he's healthy. Uh, I I believe in more. You know, we saw that Michael Porter Jr. Just we'll, we'll just say at the beginning of the season, you know, he had more attention on him defensively. He kind of wasn't getting the same looks. His efficiency wasn't the same that it was when last year, you know, Jamal Murray went out in those playoffs. He was coming off those screens, banging them, not like bang, bang, you know, off the screens, full, full sprints and getting better looks. 
the defense kind of adjusted that in the beginning of the season. And we seen, we saw his efficiency kind of drop down. And if he's able to, you know, develop other uh, parts of his game, you know, namely his ball hand, uh, creating off the dribble and being able to adapt what the defense throws at him. I think that that'll be huge for him, but I've seen from Zion that, you know, he's able to just take over the game with his dominance, similar to like a Giannis type. Um, obviously, both are question marks, but I'm also more worried about a back injury and, you know, multiple back injuries for Michael Porter Jr. If I'm a GM and that sense, um, obviously a, toe, a foot injury, especially for a guy, a size guy of uh, Zion is concerning as well. But I know that he has a better chance of slimming down and being able to, you know, work with trainers and somehow be in Portland, I guess, uh, away from the team and, and working on that. And, and I, I believe, like, you know, with the proper diet and, and that sort of thing, that's more fixable, if you want to say, than back injuries, which may be chronic and, you know, career ending, unfortunately. And I hope that's not the case for Michael Porter Jr., but I'd rather put my future and my trust in Zion being able to change his diet and his habits potentially um, in that sense. So I'm going to go with Zion in that. Yeah, both at risk, both crazy risk. That's a tough crazy risk. That's a yeah. Yeah. See, when when I when when I typed that one up, I was like, damn, that is a tough question. But Jay, honestly, the way the the way you think about it is literally the exact same way I think about Mm -hmm. it. Like both are huge high risk, and honestly, I wouldn't. I really want to even touch both a Zion that's so big with a foot injury, and then MPJ. I mean, you need your back for practically everything you do in Mm -hmm. this life, especially sports. So, man, honestly, Jay, realistically, I would bet on Zion uh, be able to make a full healthy return, uh, nutritious, working with them, him working hard uh, Mm -hmm. and also kind of, you know, getting a bit of luck. But that back, man, honestly, like there was games early in the season where I seen MPJ just missing layups, missing dunks, can't even really go Mm -hmm. up for a shot straight up, can't run straight up because of your back. So I I, I can't I can't risk that, man. That's a little too much. It's very unfortunate to see for MPJ. He got yeah. paid too, right before he got paid, man. I, I hate, yeah, for both any size of the party, man. Nuggets and for MBJ, just a tough situation there. Hopefully, it solves itself, works out, man. But all right, Jay, so, so let's keep it pushing, Jay. I got a tough question to ask you. I know this is gonna be hard, hard for you, Jay. Would you rather take your boy Garland or would you rather take that certified boy SGA? Man. Next five I years. got I, next five years. I, I look at more of I look at more of SGA as more of a combo kind of guard, maybe a more okay. of a two, a more okay. of a two. And I, if I'm looking for a point guard of the future, I'm, I'm going with Darius, with Darius okay. Garland. Uh, I've seen more of him. Um, I've obviously watched more Cavalier games and, and seen what he's able to do. Uh, and I've seen his growth just in terms of being a point guard, a true point guard, knowing that uh, th- I like to see that progression as a point guard, knowing when the game starts, you get your other teammates involved, you get them going. Um, and then, you know, eventually when you need to get a bucket, um, as we've seen him do, he, he knows when to pick his spots better um, and, and then keep his guys, you know, hit, hits Jared Allen with lobs, you know, off the pick and roll. He's hitting Laurie marketing in the corner. Um, when, when he's drawn to when he, when his guy's helping off um, strong side and he's able to hit those guys. Um, and, and he's, he's constantly, it's a constantly been a growth from his, when his rookie year, you know, he's battled injuries to, to last year, we saw a constant improvement and into this year where he's got them like at the, what the seventh seed 
right now um, in the East or seventh or sixth seed anyways, in the top eight in the playoff discussion right now. So um, we've seen him, he's a proven winner to this point um, between the two. We haven't seen SGA on his own team, obviously before on uh, the Clippers, he was winning, but that was, you know, Chris Paul's team at the time, but him SGA on the thunder when it's really his team at this point, we haven't seen him win. So I'm going to go with Darius Garland in the next five years as being my point guard of the future and uh, leading the lead, being the lead in general. But who you got between the two? Man, honestly, at first, I really, I really did want to wanted to go SGA, but but yesterday, you know, I started to look at the numbers and started to really break it down. And you're right, Jay, Darius Garland. Not only is he a better playmaker, but he's also more more of an efficient scorer. Uh, he. He, he finds his teammates and sets his teammates up more easily. Uh, Darius Garland averaging uh, 7.3 assists and Shea averaging five assists. And I honestly feel that Shea uh, can get a bit of a, like that Trey Young tunnel vision at time when he gets going, you know, just kind of like not looking to pass anyone, just looking, just l- looking to score every, every time. And, that, and that's great, but I don't think it's great when you're not doing on, on high efficiency. And I think Darius Garland, like I said, he's constantly looking for the role man. And uh, that's, that's huge in today's league. So I'm, I'm right there with you, Jay. I'm going to go with Garland yeah. too. Over he's the two, right? Like he, he's the two. You'd say Josh Giddy's the one and he's the two. Yeah, I would say I would saying? say SGA okay. plays more of the two. Yeah. Yeah. So they're yeah, in that sense, they're not really the same position. But you know, when he does run the run, but like you said, he's looking for his own shots. He's not really. I'd like to see him progress as a playmaker, getting his teammates Absolutely. more involved, um, and then I feel more trust um, in him picking him in the next five years because he's the bigger, you know, more physical guard than Darius Garland. So his body naturally, and we've seen him put on weight. He worked in the weight room. I think he added, you know, 10 pounds or something of, of muscle in the offseason. So he, he's shown that commitment. Um, he's been in the gym working. Um, both, both have been in the gym working. Um, but, you know, SGA is just a bigger dude that just yeah. can't be taught, right? So um, if he's able to work on that uh, playmaker, playmaking for his teammates, he would naturally probably be the better player. But for right now, we haven't seen that. So dg is the, the guy for now for me dg dg it is jay all right so then, so let's keep pushing jay this is a tough one right here bam out of bio or john collins Ooh, bam out of bio or john collins man Dope. i'm gonna go with bam Ooh, i'm gonna go with okay. bam um you know both have been to the eastern conference finals i i just think i love bam defensively what he can do um his playmaking as well i think you know, from a passing standpoint, I mean, I don't, I don't know, I don't have the stats pulled up right now um, about how many assists each are averaging, but I could pull that up for you. Don't worry about that. Yeah. Um, but I just think from what I've seen from Bam, um, like I said, his versatility defensively, he's guarding one through five. Um, I have more trust in him and his decision making, his playmaking than John Collins. And uh, John Collins for me, is a score like he can stretch more obviously he can knock down threes um at a higher clip but i just love bam's toughness and what he can do uh in the future but i i think it's just another another very tough choice um but who you got jay uh, I, that's, that's, that's a really tough choice. I think I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with John Collins only because I'm, I'm more leaning on how the league is so pick and roll heavy. And he's just, and he's 
a great pick and roll option, not only for the lob, but he's also a great pick and pop option. He can, he, he can play some defense. Honestly, those, these are two very similar players like Bam Metabio, uh, eight, eight, 18 points, three assists, 10 rebounds. John Collins, 17 points, two assists, uh, eight, uh, eight rebounds, both shooting on great, on, on great uh, field goal percentage. So uh, honestly, great, tough choice, but I'm, I think I'm going to go with, with, with John Collins. You're going to go with Bam on this one, Jay? I'm going to go with Bam. All right, all right. So something, something that that's up to the fans, man. You guys let us know: is it Bam or is it John Collins, man? But all right, Jay, I got I got one more I want to get to, and then we got the last major one that I want to talk about. So okay, this last okay. one, Hero or Jordan Poole? Ooh. That's tough. That's two like important bench role players. Yeah, important. Oh man, I I think Poole. I think. Tyler Hero in their offense is able to do more. Um, uh, Miami allows him to do more. He kind of has that free reign um, to do what he wants off the bench. Um, Pool is more, you know, dictated by the offense, by the system the, the Warriors have in place. And he kind of has, has, he has pick, pick and choose his battles and when he can attack and things like that. Um, but we haven't really seen him play with the second unit. I think he's going to get more ability to do what he wants especially now that Clay's back returning tonight. So we got to kind of see what that is. But in terms of bag and, and versatility and scoring-wise, um, I think Jordan Poole is like the better scorer. And I think he can do more defensively. I, I trust him more on the defensive end. Um, and I just think his bag's just bigger. Shooting-wise, consistency, I think that right now um, I would be more comfortable just as an overall pure shooter. I'm, I think Tyler Hero is a better shooter between the two to this point, unless, you know, proven otherwise. But the better player overall, I, I would go to Jordan Poole. Um, just not looking at the numbers, you know, seeing the two kind of play each other. Well, I mean, literally, the the, <laughs> yeah. the Warriors did play the, the Heat, and obviously we saw what Jordan Poole did against the Heat. Like, he went off to eight. Um, but I think right now I'm going to go with Poole. Um, and, and if he can improve his shooting to more consistent, especially when he's open, knocking down open threes, I think that's been kind of a struggle for him. He's been on and off. Um, I, I think Jordan Poole is one of what I call like a uh, in-your-face shooter. Like he, when he has a hand up, when he has someone contest, he's a better shooter when he's getting contested. What and uh, getting rather than when he's open, he maybe sometimes hasn't been able to fix his rhythm and get his shot. So I'm go with pool long story short man but uh okay. who you're going i feel the feeling you're more lean and hero i don't know i see i'm i'm thinking hero as of right now because because of what like the consistency right like that that that's the biggest mm -hmm. thing that i lean to i feel that i feel that jordan pool hasn't been as consistent as right, uh, tyler hero but yeah. but i have to agree when 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 we talk about the bag i think that is the this bag, five years jay but sorry yeah yes yes this is five, this is years, five years okay yeah i'm definitely cool but, so, yeah. So, so when 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 we're talking about the bag, when we're talking about what they currently can do, I uh, when when they're at their best, yes, I agree. I'm taking Jordan Poole. I think offensively, he has he, he has a bit of a better bag, and he could be a bit better on defense. Tyler Hero always gets kind of like little little boyed out there. Uh, but don't uh, but Yusuf Nurkic, yeah, Yusuf. <laughs> the bro, he and beast. Him, bro. Bro, yeah, he punched open. him hella hard, bro. Hey, hey. 
He's lucky he got, it was open fit, uh, open fist, man, because he could have seriously done some bro, damage if it that's was close. crazy. He smacked him, bro. He, he was like, Nurkic is big, dude, bro. man. Yeah, yeah, bro, that's crazy. That was crazy, yeah. man. But anyway, yeah. Jay, so so uh, so yeah. So I mean, as far as just as far as just consistency, I think I would go with Jordan Poole. But I mean, I I'd go with Tyler Hero. But if we're talking to talk about bags, we're talking about when they're at their best. I'm I'm uh, I'm taking Jordan Poole. So to answer the question. Uh, you know, it's clay day, Jay. It's clay day. Let's just go with Jordan Poole, Jay. Let's go with Jordan Poole. Okay, this okay, one. okay. Pool party. So then I, uh, pool party. <laughs> come on, come on over. Come over to the pool party. <laughs> I never heard that one, Jay. I like yeah. that. All right. Yeah. So the, the last last one right here, Jake. This is this is the one I really need your opinion on. Okay, Jay. John Morant. This is that this is more than two players, though. John Morant, Luka Doncic, Trey Young, or Jason Tatum. You gotta pick one, only one. John Morant, Jason Tatum, Trey Young, and Luka Doncic? Yes, sir. John Morant. I'm going to go with John. That's that. crazy. You know, you know what it is, Jay? Like, I, I see a mentality. Hey. I see a grit. I see a grind. I see a – John Morant, I think – out of all those guys, all those guys want to win, I, and I'm not. I'm not sitting here debating that. I've seen all all of them. You know, besides Luca, all of them, but besides Luca and and Ja, have made it to the to the Western uh, their conference finals, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So they they all want to win, no question about that. They're the youngest stars in the in the league, but I think Ja, just in terms of what he can bring to the table, um, we've seen his passing uh, ability has, has grown his playmaking ability has grown we saw him you know be there's questions about his shooting we saw him shooting at a higher percentage this year from the three-point line um his overall just confidence in his shot has improved and i think defensively uh, has been his biggest weakness and i i think that's going to change like as he's able to get you know be in, get in the weight room get a lot stronger um we've seen that that he's has a willingness and want to to defend like a guy comes to mind like Stephen Curry not the best defender but he's willing to put the effort in that so it makes him a serviceable defender and if Ja can get to that point um which I do have faith in him getting to that point because he works so hard he wants to get better um he wants to win which is huge he doesn't really care about his personal accolades he just wants his team to win you know um I I just have great teammate as well he always wants his teammates to succeed so in the next five years not to take anything away from those guys I think they're great players they could even you know be better basketball players but who I want on my team as a centerpiece I'm gonna go with jaw out of all those guys like Luke is a baby to me Trey's too small I think he's a great player as well um I just think his size and his ability to hold up uh will be tough in the future Jason Tatum um I just question his want to sometimes if he wants to just you know put up numbers um or 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 just or, or win. win you know win, I, yeah. I i really question that and I, until that changes um i i can't go with him for the next picture and then who was the last guy it, it was ja uh ja luca young and tatum this was a yeah definitely not going with luca man uh, <laughs> until he Damn. until he until until he Jay proves that he luca. No, 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 no hate, no hate at all. Until he proves, I don't like him watching him play. Um, no, no hate at all. But I, I think he's not in the best peak physical shape. Um, 
I don't think he puts in the work and it's clear with all his injuries, you know, some injuries you can avoid um, if you have the right proper health, proper diet, proper conditioning, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, you know, question his will, his want to um, and, and his ability. Like he's one of the most skilled players in the world, no doubt about it. But uh, I'm just personally next five years, I'm going with Jod of those, of those dudes. Who are you going with? Any any of those choices are just extremely yeah. respectable. So yeah, I'm 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 uh, I'm gonna go a different direction. I'm, I'm, I'm I'll, I'll dwindle down here. Tatum, I'm right there with you, Jay. Uh, I think there's at times I'm wondering, does he want to score or does he want to win? Uh, sometimes it looks like the isolation scoring isn't gonna re- lead to like championship winning. Uh, Trey Young, yet yeah, way too small. I think a defensive problem, a defensive liability. I if I if I did have him on my team as the captain, I would have to have players around him to be able to have so he can hide on defense. Uh, John Morant, I'm man. Everything that you said about John Morant is on point and true. The only reason why I'm gonna go with Luca Jay is because I think that Luca Doncic does does more out there he does more for his team than John Morant does because I think that it's he's needed to do more right Luka Doncic is constantly setting up his teammates not saying that Ja isn't in my opinion I think Luka Doncic is doing it in a higher level and in a level that I'd rather take it right like Luka can do in my opinion a little bit of everything out there he reminds me of like a mini a mini LeBron right he can do a little bit of everything I would I don't know if I could say as far as playing that that, that five and that that uh those bigger positions but everything else I feel more than confident that 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 Luka Doncic can handle although I would like to see him uh, get in shape a little bit a, a little more I mean we were talking about uh off the phone a little bit uh, I mean off air a little bit we were talking about how when Jokic lost lost weight and cut down his weight he you know took jump and really became an MVP who knows if that can happen happen for Luka or not because uh, I think at this point to be real with you that's the only thing really holding Luka back because besides that he's a smart player who does it all out there so i'll go luca jay so for okay, the fans okay. you guys gotta let us know is it luca is it ja is it young is it tatum is it somebody else man so let let, let us know man but um but all right jay so now that was a nice little five-year segment so you you want to you want to keep uh keep pushing and kick it to the games jay yeah yeah let's do it let's games. do it let's do it jay so First game, first game I'm going to talk about, Jay, is uh, on that happened on Friday, January 7th. That was the that was the Lakers versus Hawks. The Lakers beat the Hawks 134-118. Just uh, a very impressive uh, dominant Lakers win. Honestly, prove me, prove me wrong. Like, I'll be real. Pro- prove me wrong. You know, I was talking to you, Jay, pr- uh, prior to the game starting, and I was like, man, I think that, that that Hawks pick and roll with Clint Capella and John Collins and Trey Young is going to be trouble. I think the Lakers are going to have a hard time guarding that especially with with no Anthony Davis out there and that I thought that's what that's what the the calling card is going to be man but boy was boy was I wrong but I mean first of all let me just give a quick shout out to Malik Monk man huge shout out to Malik Monk huge game he had 29 points four rebounds three assists two uh uh two steals on 55 percent from the field and 58 percent from three and then also man the the, the, Iggy with it Getting getting iggy with him, huh? He's on Jay knows about it. It's, it's on his fantasy, man. <laughs> so so I mean I, the, and then, and the, too. Yeah. extreme extreme high efficiency, exactly, yeah. Jay. So and then yeah. and, 
And then the 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 other role players, I mean, they really stepped up. Avery Bradley had 21 points on 72% from the field and 57% from the field. THT finally stood up and 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 became that player that you know people or played like that player that people uh, expect him to be. He had 21 points. Melo had 17 and 7 on 50% on 50% from the field, man. I mean, all the Lakers players who scored 15 points or more did it in a very efficient manner. Uh, the whole team shooting over 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 50, percent which is which is great to see that kind of efficiency like that. And honestly, Jay, as I was watching this game, it 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 really it really made me feel like, damn, like I really now want to see the Lakers at full strength with the role players playing the way they need to play, man. Because Lakers, uh, Lakers and the Magic are the two teams in the league to be hit most and uh, be affected most with COVID or injuries and 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 and, ha- and have to miss players. And I just kept thought, thought to myself, I really want to see the the Lakers at full strength because sometimes they've been at full strength, but role players have been playing like terrible. But if they can play like this, man, this I, I really want to see this. And then, of course, man, I gotta give a huge shout out to. My guy, LeGoat James, in my opinion, dog, 32 points, nine assists, eight rebounds, four steals, three blocks on 54% from the field, 100% from the free throw line. And what I think is crazy, Jay, is the same thing you mentioned earlier. He's he's playing at the five, right? He's 37 playing at the five. And I just think that when when you play when you play at that level, honestly, it, it's just, it's things that need, that, that needs to be highlighted, things that need to be talked about. I mean, honestly, uh, um, when Kobe retired, a lot of people looked at it like, damn, like now we're never going to get to see Kobe again. And that's, and that's the same way when people feel about, about LeBron, about, about KD, about uh, Kawhi, about Curry, about all these greats that we will really not get to see for, 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 for the rest of our life like that, man. Uh, and then just, and then just real quick, I just want to kind of talk about, uh, uh, about the game as well. Um, I, I, I know I mentioned earlier that I thought the Lakers would struggle out of the pick and roll, but I think they did an amazing job, man, attacking Trey Young and a really blitzing Trey Young right off the right off the pick and roll not giving him uh much much room much time to shoot Trey Young is usually uh one of those shooters that he shoots right off the screen so he can either get the foul or he could just be able to create the separation but the blitzing just kind of denied that and Trey Young really felt it man Trey Young shot 14 percent from three of one of, of of one of seven and then the biggest thing uh after I saw the Lakers blitzing the screen is I was scared about their rotations I thought they'd be late on rotations miss rotations and get cut and get and get back backdoor cut all game but they actually did a good job uh of 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 rotating did a good job of containing clink and john collins on 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 the lobs which is my which one of my biggest uh concerns coming into the game both are are usually high percentage finishers but they both finish under their 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 field goal percentage and overall jay just a, a dominant a dominant game by the lakers where the lakers broke out in the in the third quarter outscoring them 37 26 but um, great game for the Lakers. I definitely wanted to see a little bit more from, from Trey Young, Trey Young and the Hawks, but, uh, you know, can't complain. Uh, they proved me wrong. They got it done. And then now we got to see if they're going to be able to keep this role going with these role players, because like how we, when we talk about the Lakers, Jay, that consistency, if you do it one game, we just need to see it the next game because they always like to do it one game, take a break and then do it another game. You need to see it consistent. Sorry. That was a long soliloquy, Jay, but that was how the Lakers game went. I don't know if you want to talk any a little bit about that. No, that was that was beautiful. Um, no, I think, yeah, I I, we, I had chosen the, the Hawks to win that. I think, first of all, from the Hawks stand of things, cause, you know, you talked a lot about like the Lakers from the Hawks side of things, man, I think they just need a, to figure out some and it's figure out what they're going to do with Cam Reddish with all those wings they got. I know 
Um, they've been having guys in and out of the rotation. Guys have been injured. Guys have had COVID. Has, so has every team. But I think they just really need to figure out what they're going to do. I mean, guys aren't getting the touches they want. I think, you know, I, I don't know, you know, Travis Slank, you know, talked a lot about was on air and was on record saying that he doesn't know if he should have brought all the guys back, which, I mean, that's kind of concerning to hear that from, you know, your GM and any executive for that matter about, you know, questioning whether you should have brought all your guys back. Um, I think a lot of their issues was, you know, being to the top guys thinking they've, they've done that, you know, they, they've accomplished something by getting to the Eastern conference finals. And that's kind of evident in the way they played, you know, there was a time during the season where they went on a bit of a run um, and they, they were winning. And I thought they were, you know, turned the page on the season and they've kind of come back to their own way, old ways. And a lot of that's to do with guys being out, but I think it's more than that. It's bigger than that. I think guys, don't really know their roles or aren't really willing to accept that they have smaller roles in order for the team to win. And that's probably the huge reason why they're four games below 500 and losing to teams like the Lakers, not that the Lakers aren't a good team or that they're not a, a, a beatable team, but I think, you know, the Hawks at full strength with, you know, really only LeBron and Malik Monk playing at high levels, you know, we saw a little bit better game from THT and other guys step up, but the Lakers have been inconsistent, but same with the Hawks. So this was kind of a game of really inconsistent teams, like you said, but I think the Hawks side of things, they really need to, uh, to figure things out, but not really much to add on the game front. Um, We've just seen LBJ continuing his dominance and the small ball lineup really working out for the, for the Lakers because teams can't match up with LeBron at the five. Uh, he's, just, he's just going to, to work on any five in the league, um, and that's continued to show its head, and that's why they've been winning and been so successful as of late. As, also, you know, with me, Leap Monk, um, looking like prime Jordan out there. <laughs> Maybe I maybe I'm doing a little saying too a little much there, but uh, but he's looking great, man. Um, and uh, I can't believe he's on the veteran minimum, man. That's just crazy how the Lakers were the only team in the league that uh, that were were wanted him. I, I was just baffling to me. Um, these these scouts need to look in the mirror and do their damn job, man. So, uh, but yeah, no, no, no. That's really all I got to say. But let, let me move it to the game that I had to highlight. And that was the freak um, in town against Charlotte at the Spectrum Center. The Milwaukee Bucks came into town against the Charlotte Hornets on um, January 8th um, to, to play, you know, to play some ball. And what we what we saw in that game was the the Hornets really take it to really just dominate um, for the most part that game. You know, they were up. Their biggest lead of the game was 17 points. Um, their, their longest run was 11. Only two chain lead changes. Um, they they started pretty much dominate from the from the beginning. You know the um, the Hornets were up early. We saw the Bucks come back. You know that championship mentality came back and were leading for most of the first quarter. And then from midway to about you know the mid the early to mid. Um, mid second quarter the Hornets just took over took the lead and never looked back um towards the end you know the the Hornets you know kind of rel relented kind of eased up and let the Bucks get back into the game but they're still able to win um by eight points in that game a lot of the Bucks even being able to stay in the game at all especially you know only shooting 38 percent was because of the freak um putting up 43 points in this game 
um, just dominating the game. The, the only reason really, you know, especially the Hawks, or sorry, the Bucks were without their shooters, you know, and that was Pat Connaughton. That was Grayson Allen. Um, Drew Holiday was extremely missed. Um, and a reason he was hugely missed is they had no answer for Terry Rozier putting up 28 points in that game, um, going for 10 from 20 from the field um, in that game. And the Bucks really had no answer for him. Um, he was, sorry, 11 for 19 in that game, even better. Six for 10 from three, 28 points. Um, on the plus minus, he was 15. So he was a huge reason why the Hornets were able to dominate that game. And you look down the line, um, Kelly Oubre, another huge piece, as he's been doing, um, I think he's found his role. I think he's found his home in the league, um, being able to you know, play that kind of assassin off the bench, um, that mercenary kind of role. As a, we had talked about when we had um, Sam Smith on earlier um, <laughs> in the thing, I think, I think that I thought at the time that Kelly Oubre would be in a perfect role, being able to being able to be free in Charlotte. And that's been just the case, as you know, John, um, being on your fantasy squad, he's been he's been balling. He's been eating up um, in his minutes. It only took him 27, 27 minutes um, and, and was pretty efficient here from the field for the most part. And his standards were 41 percent, but only two for 11 from the from the three, but still able to affect the the game in other ways um four rebounds two assists one steal one block so that's what you'd love to see from your bench guys obviously miles bridges playing great basketball um as well nine for 16 from the field um 21 points eight rebounds three assists one steal and 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 other guys just stepping up for, for the hornets and that's why they were able to control the game in this one and like i said the shooting was a huge issue and a lot of reasons why the the uh, Bucks really struggled on the road, not having their guys, the defensive stopper and Drew Holiday, and only really relying on Giannis and uh, Chris Middleton in this one to keep them afloat, and ended up not being a, enough. Absolutely, Jay. That, that that was a great, great, great breakdown on the Jay on the on the game, brother. And honestly, I mean, uh, I don't have really have have much to add because you you broke it down so much. The only thing I, I want to talk about is just just real quick, like you know, every time that that Giannis can shoot fifty percent from the three, like even even in a loss honestly that has to be something that you're happy about and you're and and, and you're, you're gonna take it you know you're gonna take it because if he if he if he can do that play with that kind of efficiency from the three-point line I mean you know what he's bringing to you when he drives to the hoop man so I I, I think that's great um but I, I think that the Bucks need a little bit more from from others than just 27, Chris Middleton, 43, uh, Giannis. I mean, Bobby Portis, uh, 19. But the next person to score uh, as much was Wesley Wesley Matthews with nine and then Jordan Noir with three. So, like, everybody else, you know, didn't really contribute. So, I think the Bucs are going to need a lot more uh, contributes from from, from their other other players, uh, especially because – when the season when the playoff when playoffs rolls around you can't just be relying on the you know the 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 semi big three and bobby portis Giannis, and uh and and chris and chris uh, chris middleton man so overall great game great game breakdown jay uh just just wanted to just give a huge ups to Giannis because i don't know man i mean you can you like i feel like you can look at this you can look at this both ways like this this whole non-shooting situation like you can be like ben simmons and 
just start crying that people are getting mad at you or, or, or and, and not work on your shot. Or you can be like Giannis Antetokounmpo, who also couldn't shoot, who also used to get ridiculed, who the fans also used to count down to at the free throw line. And now all he did is put all that to the side, put all that noise out the way, got in the gym, worked on his free throw, worked on his threes. And now he's in a, a, a decent shooter, man. So I don't know. I just, just yeah, Ben Simmons just pisses me off all the time, but just a, like a little lesson to Ben Simmons, like dog, just shut up, stop crying and getting in the gym, man. But all right. so, all right, Jay. All right. So then, so then Jay, uh, just uh, real quick, then let me talk about a game that we saw yesterday. And that was the Suns versus the Heat. We saw the Heat, uh, we saw the Heat beat the Suns 123-100, man, on the back of uh, Miami's two finest white boys and Tyre Hero and Duncan Robinson. Tyre Hero scored 33 points on five rebounds, three three steals and shot 60% from the field, 75% from, from, from the three-point line. And Duncan Robson, 27 points, 52% from the field, and 50% from three. He went eight of 16 from the three, which is which is beautiful. Jay, before we talk about anything, I freaking dropped Duncan Robinson in the morning before this game, Jay. I cannot believe it. I dropped Duncan. That was a mistake, man. Uh, but I, whatever, you know, you win some, you lose some. Uh, uh and then, and then, but but it's just as far as to talk about the game real quick. I mean, first the the Heat. First of all, the Heat controlled the game the entire time with only three lead changes. Uh, and the first thing I noticed was honestly the beautiful ball movement by the Heat. I swear, Jay, every single time down court, it was three to five touches and a designed play that Eric Sportscher drawed up for, for for the Heat to be able to find the open man. And that that offense was led by Kyle Lowry, man, with fourteen points. 13 assists shot 50% both from the field and from the th- and from the and from the three point line and honestly he was the reason that Tyler Hero was able to score 33 points because of the 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 attraction that Tyler, uh, that uh um, Kyle Lowry demands as a shooter because of his playmaking ability and honestly I know we've said this so many times Jay but like Kyle Lowry was just the best pickup the Heat have had in like since they picked up LeBron and D Wade and Chris Bosh, because that was just the, 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 what they need, man. I mean, Tyre hero last year, he definitely struggled a bit. And it seemed like the reason why he was struggling is because he had to um, be the, the, shot maker and shot creator but he also had to be the playmaker and create a play but now that you have you have uh, a guy like Kyle Larry there to, to to set you up and play make Tyler Hero can focus on just scoring and that's and 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 that's really and that's really what he did I mean he took control of this game in the second quarter by him scoring 14 points alone and, and then Duncan Robinson scoring 12 points alone and that's really where the game kind of got the, the the game kind of got blown open man but I don't I don't want to just sit here and just say that the that the that the Suns made a mistake because the Suns did um I don't know why start running his zone in the in, in in the second quarter and that's when Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson just made him pay uh but uh which so I don't want to just take away all the credit away from the Heat by saying that 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 the Suns messed up by playing the zone because the Heat were definitely playing hard man winning all 50 50 balls uh they were they, they the Heat got 21 second chance points versus the Suns, six second chance points. So it was just, you know, they're, the Heat were playing with that next man up mentality. They shot 50% from the three-point line as a team. So again, I don't still don't know why the, the, the Suns were looking to play into that zone. But at the end of the day, man, the Suns uh, definitely, uh, I mean, not the Suns, the Heat earned them, earned them, earned themselves to win the, uh, this game by just keeping the pressure on the Suns the whole game. Shout out Devin Booker though, man, because he de- definitely did have a good game, uh, a big a, a big bounce back game after, the, after that terrible game that he had 
end of the day. He had 26 points, shot 33% from the field, 100% from the free throw line, and went to the free throw line 13 times. You definitely like to see that from those guards because it just it just shows that they're being aggressive. They're playing downhill. But uh, at the end of the day, Jay, the, the biggest downfall was was that zone, was DeAndre Aiden only having 12 points, eight rebounds, especially against a, a Bam Adebayo-list Miami Heat. And then, and then Cam Adebayo, Cam Adebayo, Cam Payne. <laughs> I said Cam Adebayo. And then Cam Payne, just another horrendous performance, eight points on 23% from the field, three of 13. Uh, he's, he went three of 13 from the field. That's, in my opinion, Jay, like I like I, I like. Cam campaign but that's too many shots that's five more shots than chris paul chris paul the first ballot hall of famer took i don't think that campaign should ever be getting more shots than chris paul especially yeah. in a game where you're trying to come back so overall man uh dominant dominant performance from the heat they outplayed them they outmanned them and the suns need the suns need to start stepping up man because if the suns are going to play like this they got rude away rude awakening come yeah come playoff series man facts yeah, no, I agree. Like nothing really to add to that. I think the the Heat just flexing their depth uh, as usual. Nothing new to here to see. Um, getting guys involved, getting rise in the right spots, and we just see they're more and more that their offensive weapons, even despite having Bam and Jimmy out, their two best guys. So that's pretty scary for the East. Honestly, I would not want to see the Heat in a seven game series in the playoffs because they're going to be a really hard Man. team to beat, especially adding the guys that they did even with the guys that they have out and knowing that they're going to be getting those guys back at some point, man, very scary, especially led by a guy like Eric Spolstra, one of the best coaches in the league for a reason, because he knows how to get guys in the right spots uh, to win. Uh, Hashtag heat culture, as we've been saying, as I always say, so um, they just got to keep guys healthy. That's really what it is. I feel like they have a bad history with injuries there for whatever reason. Maybe it's, the health and, and the strict thing that they got going there. I don't know what it is, but uh, they just need guys healthy. And fortunately, they can't do that. Then it's going to be a problem. But otherwise, uh, I think it'd be good. All right. All right. For sure, man. But that does uh, definitely a good, uh, good, good games over the weekend, Jay. Uh, and then mm-hmm. now you're, you're, you know what time it is, Jay. It's time for one of our favorite segments here on Clutch Talk. It's time for that Clutch Talk player of the week. And we were yeah. talking a bit off camera off this and I already yeah. know you, I already know you got your ready, Jay. So go ahead, load up the clip and, and fire, Jay, fire off. <laughs> Frederico Van Vliet is my, <laughs> is my player of the week, you know. And what has he done over the past five games, Jay? He's put up 31 points, 4.8 uh, rebounds per game, and 7.2 assists, man. This cat has been balling. Also got his first career triple-double. And also his team, you know, you know, his team is 5-0 and in that, uh, in that span as well. So that's another reason why. He's for sure, in my opinion, uh, I'd be surprised if he's not the Eastern Conference Player of the Week, but he's definitely my Clutch Talk Player of the Week. Um, and in that span, they beat, albeit undermanned, knocked off the Utah Jazz, the Milwaukee Bucks, the San Antonio Spurs, the New York Knicks, and, and the Los Angeles Clippers. So pretty good teams. Um, obviously, these teams are missing some teams, but putting up some serious numbers, 37, 19, 33, 35, and on great efficiency, shooting 54%. Um, 38% was a kind of a down game, though, um, but still able to affect the games in other ways. 52% uh, 
uh, 64% and 37, but, you know, still an average about 50, around 50% for all those games, man. So just seeing what he can do, especially at a high efficiency and being able to play make huge for the Raptors and why they're back in the seventh seed right now in the East. Yeah, Jay. Honestly, honestly, Jay, uh, he's an all star, man. I I wanted to go Fred Rico's all star, Jay. Fred Rico's all star, man. He, you called it. You called it. You called it on other pod, Jay. You called it, man. And then, and 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 to be real with you, with a week like that, I want to make that my my clutch talk player of the week. But Jay, I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna go in a different direction just so the fans get a little variation of 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 everything. I'm gonna go with John Morant, man. John Morant, uh, to 27 in the last 10 10 games. 27, 27 points, six assists, six rebounds, shooting 48% from three, shooting 52% from the field. And right now the Grizzlies are on a seven-game winning streak. They're rolling, man. And I think that John Morant is really the catalyst of that team. He's, he's kind of like um, – actually, no, I'm not even going to say that because I was going to say he's he's what AD is to the Lakers because, you know, when AD goes, the Lakers goes. But then, like I said, though, the Grizzlies are 11-2 and two without John Morant. They can go without him as well. Not yeah. saying that – not saying they need to go with – not saying – they uh they're better without him but i'm just saying that that uh they they can go without him so um so john Morant is my player of the week man so are you ready to talk about the games for monday and make your predictions jake always let's get it <laughs> let's do it jay let's let's get into it man so first game of the night for monday january 10th is bucks versus hornets that that rematch Bucks versus Hornets. I got the Bucks back in this one, man. I think they're going to come back ready to play. And it's I'm assuming it's in Milwaukee, too, because they just played in uh, Charlotte. And I think they got their number. Um, going to make some adjustments in that one and be ready to go. And they're gonna not going to shoot 38% from the field. Um, and I think that's going to be another reason why they're able to take that one at home. Yeah, I'm 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 right there with you. I think the Bucks can take that one. We always talk about teams don't really lose twice in a row. Um, so mm-hmm. then let's keep pushing. Next game is the Utah Jazz versus the Pistons. The Utah Jazz versus the Pistons. <laughs> Got the Utah Jazz in that. The Utah Jazz in that too. Not yeah, much else Pistons, to say. Man. The Pistons are eight and thirty. That's crazy, dog. Yeah. <laughs> the Pacers versus the Celtics. Pacers versus the Celtics. I'm gonna go with the Celtics in that. There, they need to win at this point. Um, they do. I just think I don't even know what's going on in Indiana right now. That's <laughs> that, there's just not a lot of good things happening there. So I'm gonna go with the Celtics in that one. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you, man. The Celtics need to get a win, and it's an easy win against the Pacers. What about the Spurs versus the Knicks? Spurs versus the Knicks. I'm gonna go with the Spurs in that. Can't go against your, Pop. I think uh, your guy, I love DJ. Your guy. <laughs> DJ's a dog. DJ Murray and um just going with them. All right. What about the 76ers versus the Rockets? 76ers. <laughs> 76ers. Let's keep pushing. What yeah. about the Blazers versus the Nets? Nets. Oh, I'm gonna go Nets on that one as well. And what about Cavs versus Kings? Cavaliers. I got the Cavs in that. Cavs. I gotta go with Cavs on that one too. All right, Jay. Got all yeah, agreements. But on the board. I will say though. It might be a closer, and I could see the Kings potentially playing, taking it because it is the second end. Of, it's the back end of a back-to-back, so wouldn't be surprised if the Kings are able to get them. Okay, all right. Well, I mean, the, the Cavs are going to have to. Yeah, the Cavs are going to have have a tough uh, tough schedule playing the Warriors and then playing the Kings. So they got. I'm only playing the Warriors. Really, yeah, the, Kings the Kings need the Kings need to win that man. Kings they do need to need win, win that. that. They do, like, man. They want to stay in that playing conversation. They got to win games like that where they have the advantage. Let's be, put it that way. They got the advantage. 
Yeah, they gotta they gotta win the ones that they can because they're not gonna win mm-hmm. the other ones. So mm-hmm. all right, Jay. So so then, man. All right, Jay. So I think this is a good place for us to go ahead uh, and wrap it up here. Is there any last words you want to say here before we close off, brother? He's back. <laughs> He's when you're back. listening to this episode, clay man, day, man. Clay day. It's a clay day. I'm gonna enjoy it, man. Dre day, day, clay day. <laughs> yeah. Go Raiders. They need that big dub. Get in the playoffs. First time in five years. So. Let's, let's big big sports day man so then so then jay something for 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 hidden takes of next week i'm gonna want your full breakdown of how this whole day went i, I want to hear Facts. how the raiders game went i want to hear how this warriors game went i want to hear everything jay All i right. got I, you i me, got you me, me and the fans we waiting for it jay we, we waiting for a full breakdown of sunday it's only right it's only right man <laughs> win or lose i got y'all i, I hope I, I i have a good feeling about tonight though man about about today <laughs> we'll see We'll see. <laughs> we'll see, man. But all right, man. As well, for all the fans, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, man. Don't forget to follow us on our Instagram, our TikTok, our Twitter. It's right here and in the description down below. And for all you guys that are listening on the podcast, it's at Clutch Talk Pod. Again, that's at Clutch Talk Pod. Get at us on there, man. We got a lot of uh, fun, interactive polls. That's where we talk about our episode updates. That's where we just talk about everything, man. Um, uh, channel updates and everything. But, um, but man, Jay, we got a good slate of games coming up. It's Clay Day today. I'm excited to see Clay come back. And I'm excited to see the Raiders win, man. So, brother, I hope you have a blessed day today. I hope all the fans have a blessed day. And besides that, man, ain't nothing much else to be said. Right, brother? Yes, sir. So that's it, man. We out of here, y'all. Clutch talk Doses. out.